Hoody hoo. Hey guys. Whoa, the mic's way up here. What am I doing? Oh, I'm just a lunatic. Episode. Welcome. Let's see. I'm. I'm. You know, I could just redo this, but this is me because I took a nappies and I'm just a little delirious. So anyway. Welcome to episode 69, and then my phone goes off. Oh, this is just a good start. Good start. Good start, indeed. Um, this one is a very interesting episode because of how we did it. Um, this is the ones with Kim. She's a, a, a deaf woman, and we had a... Well, you know what? Screw it. I'll let her explain it because she kind of says it on there. Um, I, I needed a quick disclaimer. I put it at the end, but I probably should have put it at the beginning. Um, so I'm a dumb, perverted idiot, and I have weird, well, I did, now it's not happening anymore, because I know I'm just going to do it again, and so I just don't want to have it go off during the podcast again, so, um, you know, my podcast, or my, my phone would have little shortcuts, you put the cable in the phone, and it just says, like, oh, fuck yeah, and other shit, so it, 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 it just dumb stuff, um, so I, I didn't want to like take away from her episode and I was going to take it out, but I can't because it's kind of like when she's talking. And so I don't want to act like I'm mocking her episode or, or I didn't take it serious because I do. It's just a dumb. I, I forgot all about it and I plugged the phone in and during the interview <laughs> it went off. <laughs> um, yeah, so that sucks. But otherwise, it's a very good interview um, and I'm very happy to know her and have her as a friend, of course. And, um, you know, just building this circle, guys. So, uh, But, yeah, I thank you guys for all your support and appreciation for what I'm trying to do here because I really do care about this. And I do really um, love doing this. Uh, and I really hope more and more come from it because more and more things just come from this because it's – we need this stuff. We, we need to make real change and we, we need to, uh, you know – bring everyone together in the, especially in the disabled community, but other communities as well, because you know, that's how you make change. You can't just look out for the people that look like you. Um, so, you know, that's it, kind of it in a nutshell. So, uh, yeah, guys, um, let's just jump right into this. Shall we? All right, guys. So we're here with another episode. Um, so one of the things I wanted to do is, um, obviously find people in different communities and different conditions. Uh, the deaf community is a hard one to kind of uh, infiltrate because the deaf community is kind of closed off to some degree. Um, and I've always wanted to find more people because I think they are awesome and, and they, they live a different life than most people. Even with disabilities, they have their own way of, of speaking and, and interacting. Um, and uh, so before I introduce our new next guest um i should tell everybody if there is a delay it's because she um she's hearing me through an interpreter on her phone i guess she can explain it more than i could um so why don't you tell us um well hello of course why don't you tell us your name and uh where you're from and you know obviously um you know a little about yourself sure first of all thank you for having me on your show I'm Karen Fox, and I'm from Rochester, New York. And my story, briefly in a nutshell, is that I was born with normal hearing. I grew up hard of hearing. 
At the age of 19, I was water skiing on my bare feet, took a hard fall, and when I climbed into the boat, I had become deaf. Wow. It's because of the fall? Yes. It's actually because of a gene in my family. Oh, a we gene. have a gene that's been passed down for generations. We're the only United States family with this particular gene. Wow. Um, is, is there a certain name for it? It's a bunch of numbers. Oh, okay. Okay, don't worry about it. There's uh, only, well, there's only four families in the world with this. Wow. wow that's super rare. Um, so why don't you kind of, um, obviously, okay. Uh, how old are you now? And, and how old was you, how old were you when, uh, you became deaf? When I was born with normal hearing, I started losing my hearing in elementary school. And I was 19 when I became deaf. Right. Um, now did you know that it was, a, did you know it was a guarantee that you were going to lose your hearing? No, we didn't know that at the time. My um, two older brothers, were they had normal hearing, and both of my sisters were, well, one sister was deaf, the other one was hard of hearing, my mom was deaf, my father was hearing. So we weren't sure how this gene moved through the family. Today I'm 55 years old, and there's um, five of my siblings, they're all deaf and hard of hearing now at this point. Oh, fuck daddy. Okay. Um, interesting. Uh, so, uh, how did, how did you communicate with your, your family at that point in time? We grew up with spoken language. So all of us basically, you know, we spoke to each other. I became a leader as a result. Um, none of us knew sign language. I started learning sign language shortly after I became deaf because I had transferred to a university and they happened to put me on a floor with other deaf and hard of hearing people at that time. So I just woke up one day and realized I had a choice. I could continue to struggle to, you know, be angry about all of this or I could embrace the journey. And I chose that very moment to start learning sign language and dove into the deaf community. And it's been an amazing ride ever since. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, I, with your family dealing with it, I'm sure it was a little easier for you to deal with it. I mean, obviously, I'm sure it was hard, but um, you were probably a little easier, more comfortable with it as far as with everyone around you kind of... Um, you know, dealing with the same problem. You would think so, but for me, it was the exact opposite. I was extremely ashamed of being hard of hearing, and I hid it growing up. I blocked my way through conversations, and I tried to be hearing. Right. Um, what is that ringing in the background? Sorry, yeah, the phone's ringing here. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was something you had. Uh, um, 
Okay, okay. So again, obviously you were young and being a girl, like I'm sure, you know, sent being sensitive and just worrying about uh, you know, obviously just how you look and how people perceive you. Um, how are you like were you, were you dealing with some depression and everything when it comes to the time you were starting to lose it? Yes, um, yes. Throughout my childhood, there were moments of definitely depression, just feeling like I never measured up or was good enough because everyone around me had normal healing. I was the only student in school at that time who was um, hard of hearing. So to think about it, if you're surrounded by people who are, quote, normal, and you are not, and you just feel like the odd one out, you feel weird, you feel very different, you feel like nobody else understands. That was my experience growing up. Even though I had a sister who was deaf, she was much older than me, she was 16 years older. Okay. Yeah, I mean, again, everybody, it affects differently. I mean, it, it kind of... <clears throat> You know, when you see people going through their problems, um, you can kind of, if, if you're willing to accept it and understand them, you know, it's easier to be a friend to them than it is to when you're actually going through it and someone's telling you it's going to be okay. It's harder to believe it, even though you probably did the same thing to another person saying, hey, it's going to be okay. It's not that bad. But then when it eventually hits you, I'm, I'm sure it's just, you know, it's much harder to take and um, it's hard to believe people when they say, you know, again, it's going to be okay. I did go through a period of depression after becoming deaf to the point where I felt suicidal. And I'm really thankful that I had the deaf community around me, even though I didn't appreciate it at the time. It was definitely a part of my healing process. This is why I feel so strongly that deaf and hard of hearing kids need role models who are also deaf and hard of hearing. Even, I mean, even if a child has just a little bit of hearing loss, I often say that a little hearing loss is a big deal if you don't get 100% communication access. Right. No, it makes sense. I mean, there's always, especially just with the disabilities in general, the representation of us out in, you know, entertainment or whatever like if it's movies, a lot of times we're not even played by people with disabilities. It's people playing us. Um, and, you know, especially for someone in like the, in the deaf community, which obviously you speak a totally different way, um, you know, you, you do need role models to show what you guys have overcome and what you do every day. Um, and, and people who haven't gone through that, uh, even if they do the role, um, you know, correctly, they still don't know what it's like to be, you know, how you are. So you need someone who really can show you what it's like. Um, and, it, and it gives hope to people like you, you know, when you're young and depressed and to know that, you know, you can make it somewhere and you can make it make something of yourself um, because, you know, somebody of that same condition did. Speaking of Hollywood, that is a pet peeve of mine. I see this over and over again, where a able-bodied actor will be selected for a role. 
you know, why not tap into the, you know, the deaf community, people with disabilities, for the for the world that they're playing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times you'll see people play um, <clears throat> uh, other people with special needs, and then they'll go and win an Oscar, and it's like, but you know nothing of that. Um, and it seems like people get, you know, rewarded based on playing sick people or playing people, you know, with, with mental problems, um, because it's so far from what they actually are, but you know, it's, it's not the greatest representation because you don't know what it's like to be those people. There's so many movies out there like that. It's really kind of frustrating. Because this is such a wonderful opportunity for people with disabilities to be able to step into a role and to see it stolen by an able-bodied actor. It's just frustrating. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, there's no excuse for that, but, I mean, I'm sure you can see that in the real world in general. Uh, people steal opportunities from us all the time because, I mean, 75% of us are, you know, unemployed. And, um, you know, it's, it's not helping. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is sad when people are actually are pretending to be us, which is fine. I get it, but it's not right either because it'd be one thing if people were doing it and then they were still letting us do it as well, but it always seems to be someone else playing it and the people are, you know, they're glued to it. Like they're, they're just like, oh my God, he played a blind guy wow, how great is that? But it's like, you don't even know what it's like to be blind. How how, how could you play that person? Um, why don't you just get a blind guy or a deaf person or, or whatever? Um, because they, there's more realism and there's more pain and, you know, you get more of the feeling of what they're going through. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain, like, how we're how we're communicating right now? Just for the audience? Sure. I have a video phone in front of me, and it's made by a company called DVRF Photo. And right in front of me is a sign language interpreter, and she's listening in on our conversation and signing every word that you say. I'm speaking directly into the video phone so that you can hear me. Other people who use American Sign Language, the interpreter will voice for them yeah that's that's really awesome um uh how long did it take it you, is how, yeah, oh, before i get into my next question uh, when um what was i gonna say oh what is it like like what do you feel like with the people all the technology that is becoming like made for people with disabilities like don't, don't you think it's like awesome how how much you know there's people out there that are actually taking the time to make stuff just specifically for our conditions and to make our lives better I think technology is absolutely amazing. I mean, it definitely has level playing field in many areas. At the same time, that being said, we still have a long ways to go. If you think about how much is auditorily accessible to you, it's often inaccessible to me. And vice versa, if you need, you know, photo descriptions and things. So we still have a long you are way down to go from the premises. Sorry, my phone's going off. Yeah, no, that's 
that's uh that's awesome i mean it, it's you know i've interviewed people with so many different conditions and you know it, it I, i'm always so fascinated on what people use to help them get around you know i've interviewed people with traumatic brain injuries and i've interviewed people you know now obviously deaf and blind and you know, people in wheelchairs, but I, I, I listen to everything they use to make their life so much easier for them. And, you know, where some people may think it's weird or, or whatever, I think it's just amazing because there are people out here that really take the time and not just people with our conditions, people that are able bodies that are taking the time to, um, feel, you know, feel us out and feel what we need in this world and, and, you know, make things that make our lives so much easier. Uh, and if we didn't have them, it would be a huge, uh, detriment to what we're we're doing in life think about how amazing it is that a blind guy and a deaf gal are having a conversation on a podcast right now that's true i mean i'm not totally blind but yeah i mean that's even just yeah a conversation between you and i like we're kind of considered the opposite the two people that shouldn't talk to each other because we don't know how to work together but in reality there's always a way and, you know, you can help me see where we're going and I can help hear what other people are saying. Like, we can help each other. I mean, obviously, I need to learn sign language. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the goal. Like, you just work together and it's, yeah, it's amazing that, you know, that's a good point. You and I just are talking and, you know, how many years ago, maybe that wasn't, that wasn't possible. It was not possible. Let's see, probably 25, 30 years ago would have been much, much harder. Oh, absolutely. Um, how long did it take you to re- when did you start learning sign language and how long did it take you to like really perfect it to where it, you knew how to speak that way fluently? I would say that it took me about two years. Um, I was fully immersed though from day one. I mean, the day that I made the decision, I was really fortunate um, because I was at a college that had a program with about 150 deaf and hard of hearing people. So I was living in a dorm exposed to it. By the end of the second year, I was actually teaching it and substituting for my hearing instructors at the college. Oh, okay. Um, now, did you... Did you start learning it before you started to lose your hearing as far as because of your mom and stuff? Or did you learn, were you specifically starting to learn it just based because of, or because of you? No, um, my family was, they grew up with spoken language. No one in my family knew sign language. So I didn't know it until that day that I started making that decision, which was probably a couple of months after becoming deaf. Didn't you, didn't you say your mom is deaf? My mom, yeah. Mm-hmm. She um she started losing her hearing as a teen, and then when she was twenty seven years old, in the middle of a party, a barbecue, she went deaf. Wow. Now was this before you became deaf? Oh, that was before. Yeah, long before I was born. So, so okay, so yeah, so what I'm getting at is how did, if you didn't know sign language until you became deaf, um, how, uh, how did you communicate with your mom? We used spoken language, we lip read, 
My mom is very easy to understand. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I guess you, I, you know, that's more of my knowledge is, is out of date because I would have thought you would have had to use sign language. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it must help that you have her and people in your family to kind of help you out and, and get you through the process of losing your hearing. Um, where it's, you know, in some people they just lose their hearing and it's not, it's not a gene in their family. They, um, you know, whatever happens, they were born that way or something traumatic happens. Whereas you, like they can kind of ease your way, ease your way through it and, and, you know, help you become comfortable with it. No, the added thing is that my mom and my sister and I, we didn't talk about it. I mean, I was away at college shortly after it happened. And um, by the time I came home for Thanksgiving, I had made the decision to embrace it. So during that time, you know, there were a lot of dark nights. But I really feel blessed because when I got up and I made that decision, it just literally changed my life. Yeah, of course. Um, how has that affected your, you know, like with dating, do you have to, do, do you feel like you specifically, do you feel like you have to date someone who is deaf or, or just try to find someone who's really understanding and who's willing to learn or has already learned sign language? I got really lucky because I met my husband in the dorm and he went out to a restaurant with a group of people and normally I would be very afraid to go out with the group because of conversation. But I was lonely, I was bored at that time and then my husband Joe happened to sit across from me and we just started talking. We hit it off. We've been married 32 years and we have three kids that are deaf and hard of hearing. Also, oh, so you have kids too. I do. Mm-hmm. The and, young adults now. And they all have that gene as well? They all have that gene. They were all born with normal, normal hearing. And they um, started losing their hearing at two, four, and two years of age. Wow. Um, and I, I'm only asking this because I know, you know, being a mom, you're super protective. And, you know, anything that ever happens to them, you, you obviously feel some guilt. Do you do you have any of that kind of guilt, the fact that, you know, you gave them what's causing their problem? In the beginning, it was really ironic because my husband mentioned it. When we had come home from the hospital and my oldest son was diagnosed, you know, he basically pointed it to my family, and he was right, I and mean, we didn't know at the time. But you know what, we both enjoy being deaf, we like our life, so we quickly got over that period of, you know, struggle. And the kids today, they're doing wonderful. We live in an area with many, many deaf and hard of hearing people. So everywhere we go, we're always running into people who are deaf and hard of hearing. Yeah, okay. I understand. Um, what was I going to say? 
Yeah, so can you like explain a little bit like about the deaf community because it is a community that it is its own thing. Like, I think when people, some people would who are deaf don't really think they're even disabled. They just think they're just unique and they have their own little um, issue. Um, but I mean, you have your own way of communicating and everything. Like, um, yeah, I mean, can you just talk a little bit about like what, what you feel like you've learned and, and you know when becoming you know a part of that community. I can tell you that the community is as diverse as the world is. It's just that it's a continuum. There's a group that communicates with American Sign Language, a group that uses Sign English, the group that uses speak, a group that uses spoken language, some that use all of them. It's so diverse, so robust, so colorful, you know, that sometimes I think that we do an injustice trying to define or, you know, put everybody inside the box of being deaf. But I can tell you that it's just as diverse as the world is. Yeah, and I, and I would assume, because that, that's the whole disabled community, really, because we, you know, there's everybody from every sex, genre, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every, every race, everything, we're all included. And that's why we're less likely to be, you know, racist or sexist or any of that, because we're, you know, we're already going through a problem. People already judge us based on what we're going through. And when you're, you know, like with you guys, you guys are communicating and the, the least thing, the last thing that you're thinking about is, oh, you look different because you already know you in a way look different based on the way you're speaking to each other. Um, and the color of their skin or, or, or what gender or whatever or who they're dating just does not matter. It's not relative to what you're going through. That's the beauty of it. Everybody is so diverse and different. Yeah. What one experiences, another may not. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, it's again. There's good and there's bad of every community, but yeah, I mean that's. I think that's the beauty of the whole disabled community and the deaf community. It's it's, it's one of those things where you just look at them and it's like, like we just you know again. There's some hateful people in each community, but they're in general. You just look at it and go like like we don't care about stuff like that because we one we don't have time for it. Like we have to take care of ourselves. We have a lot of things that get in our way. Um, Hopefully someday we have this beautiful, accessible world for all of us. Yeah. Um, of, of how many years have you been deaf? I'm fifty-five now, and I became deaf at nineteen. I'm terrible at math. Right. Okay. Don't worry about it. I I, I'm, I just got home from work, so I'm not going to think about it. So <laughs> let the audience do their math. Um. But relatively, we're talking about 30-some <laughs> years. We'll just say 35 years you've been deaf. Um, how – I think it's 34. But um, but just to say 35 years you've been deaf, how have, have you noticed the development or the, the, the difference of how uh, the access to, I don't know, help and equipment and just the development of, of just people uh, – I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say here. Interpreter's probably going crazy – um, 
like how, how do you think the, the, the progress of, of people, how, how people are treated and what is, you know, the, the, the equipment that has been given to people with deaf or who are deaf or hearing impaired, um, like the progress over the last 35 years of you being deaf? Because I'm sure 35 years ago, it wasn't the same. Um, so what, what have you noticed the differences from then until now? I think that technology has opened up a lot of opportunities that were not there before. For example, you know, we've got this phone technology now. We have interpreters, instant on demand. We have so many staff and how to people in just about every job that you can imagine. So there's over 200 deaf and hard of hearing doctors. We have, um, we have cochlear implant surgeons who they, they themselves are deaf. Audiologists who are deaf, firemen, policemen, you name it. A lot of times we, I think people with normal hearing are the ones who think that we can't until we prove them wrong. A lot of times it's not the disability, it's not being deaf that's the problem. It's the lack of access that's the problem or the attitudes that become barriers for us. Absolutely. Um, obviously, we've made some real progress. Where where would you like to see um, as far as accessibility for, for the deaf community? Like, where, where, do you, where do you think, you know, what's next? as far as for, for progress? I would love to see like every podcast, everything that's on the internet to be accessible. That would be awesome. And I would absolutely love a way to have an interpreter for any or every event. Right. You know, I often dream of like a huge pool of money that funds interpreters so that we don't have those barriers. You know, sometimes, like for example, I want to go to a workshop and it's a single speaker and it's a couple of thousand for them to hire an interpreter for three, four days. That's often the big barrier. You know, and I would love to see that solved. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um... Yeah, I mean, we have a ways to go with every community, but yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to see some of the barriers go away. I mean, look, more and more people fight for what we need. It helps, you know, obviously stuff like this, people like you speaking and all the blogs and YouTube channels and just the people that are out motivational speaking and all the people that are doing amazing things uh, and even just the people that are working a nine to five and, you know, they're just showing what they can do even though people tell them they can't um it, it's inspiring and it, it sheds light on what we can do um from what people perceive we can do um and you know and, and for me like that's that's one of my next big steps is to exactly. sh- one of my next big steps is to try to get this uh you know so that you know it's interpreted so people can hear it or you know what people of you know hearing impairment um can uh, visualize it and, and, and know what's going on and what I'm saying and what the guests are saying, because it, it means something to me. You can't do something for the disabled community and forget one group. Um, and so that's something I've been really considering and trying to figure out how I can do it, mm-hmm. help, you know, make someone's life better. Um, 
so what what have you what have you done with your life while being deaf? Like what what have you you know what, what are you doing now? And and you know what have you done that you know I'm sure you've done some things that people said you couldn't do. Well, for starters, at the age of 44, I got back on the water again. I flew down to Florida, and I started barefooting again, and I competed for four years. I'm currently on a quest to barefoot water ski in all 50 states. I've done 20, let's say 21 of them so far. And in the last 10 years, um, I wrote a book called Unwrapping Your Passion. And in the process of writing that book, which took me six years, I interviewed over 200 people. And I asked them the question, what is passion? How do you define it? And as a result, that was the book, Unwrapping Your Passion. And I've been able to travel the world and speak worldwide and, you know, paint in Costa Rica, zip line, and all different kinds of things because of that lifestyle. That's awesome. Uh, did you did you put what your passion was in there as well? Or what you thought passion was to you? Well, after, yes, it is. After interviewing so many people, there was a woman who gave me a definition that was so brilliantly simple. Think about it. Passion is your joy. When you think of it that way, you know what your joy is. It's personal. You know what it feels like. You know what it looks like in your life. That is passion. And too many times we neglect it. We don't plan for it. We forget to experience it. And if we would just put our attention on what brings us joy and what that feels like and looks like in our life, that's where the gift of passion shows up. Right. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Um, do you, uh, you know, what do you, do you look at you losing your hearing now as a positive? Do you still, reg- you know, do you still wish it never happened? Um, what's your outlook on it nowadays? I always say that becoming deaf was the greatest lesson in my life because I spent my entire childhood fighting against it. And the moment that I embraced it, that's when it became a blessing. Oh, that's great. How long did it, you know, you said you lost it at 19. How long did it really take you to embrace it? I would say that it took probably the better part of the year to really get into that place where I stopped crying, where, where I identified myself as that person. It took almost a year. Okay. Not too bad. That's awesome. Um, so I, I always like to let the guest, you know, give some encouragement and, understanding of of you know because there's people like you but they're you know they're the 19 year old you and they're growing up and their hearing is either going at this moment or it's about to go or they've lost all of it um do you have any like encouraging words and how to help them um 
you know, battle it and, and obviously battle the depression that comes with it. Um, yeah, did you just have any encouraging words for, you know, the the 19-year-old you? I do because I actually coach people through that. That's part of um, the business that I do is coaching. And I often coach people who are hard of hearing, losing their hearing. And part of the process of embracing the journey is actually sitting down and really being truthful with yourself. You know, what are the areas that you are missing out communication in your life? What are the areas where you're stepping down the emotions? What are the areas where you are pretending to be somebody you are not? And what are the areas where technology might help with communication, but maybe you're too embarrassed to use it? There's a lot of things that go in with the journey. But step by step by step, we can get people into the place where, yes, maybe it's still painful to be hard of hearing, to be newly deaf. But there's that moment when you embrace the journey. That's when the energy around the whole experience starts to shift. Because no longer do you hide who you are and no longer do accept people who put up the barriers or who won't meet you halfway for communication. Yeah, that's very well said and very profound. Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's, thank you. That's really sweet. Um, I'll thank you for doing this. Um, you know, I think you're a really strong person. I'm very happy that you overcame your demons and you were able to push back and, and accept who you are. A lot of people can't do that. Honestly, I'm, I'm not even one of them. I'm trying my best to fight off mine and, you know, I win some battles, I lose some, but, um, but it's amazing to see what you've overcome and, and then just that you give back. Um, do you, do you think, uh, like, do you really, I mean, you're, you're basically an advocate for people, uh, who are deaf. Like, what, what, I mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but what, what made you get into that to, you know, from, you went from someone who didn't, you know, you were afraid of becoming that. And now all you want to do is give back. Part of it was my own journey. And part of it was just being a mom of three deaf and hard of hearing kids. You become mama bear and you don't have a choice. The system doesn't work well for people who are deaf and hard of hearing. So you have to kind of fight your way through it. You have to navigate your way through it. And you have to, you know, break down those barriers. Yes, I mean, literally two weeks ago, I did an IEP meeting. Two and a half hours trying so hard to get a school district to allow two deaf children to go to a different school. And they said no. So to this day, you know, the struggle continues, the barriers are still up there, and a lot of it is just attitude barriers. People who do not fully understand the deaf and hard of hearing experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we need more people like you because the more people that speak up and and show, you know, you're one of the people that hurdled all these, you know, you jumped over all these hurdles, all the barriers. I mean, you still have some there, I'm sure, but all the things that have been put in front of you, you have found a way around them. Um, and, you know, you're a perfect example of why not to give up and where you could end up if you don't give up. Thank you. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you would like to say? Otherwise, you know, this is this is about it. You you did great. It was great. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Of course, you were awesome, and you know your story is well deserving, and it needs to be told. And um, thank you for allowing me to tell it. Thank you. Wishing you the best. You too. Thank you. And uh, we'll we'll talk later, okay? We definitely will. All right. See ya. Okay, thank you. Thank you, interpreter. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. All right, guys. That was fun. Um, Yeah, it's a little difficult because, you know, there is a delay. And I think I might leave it in there just to just show you what she has to go through because if I take it out, it just seems like she hears everything perfectly. I mean, and I'm not doing it to make her look or sound weird or anything like that, but, you know, it, it kind of gives you the gist of what I'm dealing with and how we're communicating with each other. Uh, it gives it a more realistic feel, I suppose. Uh, just a couple notes. Um, Bullet, what do you want? Huh? Yeah? You're not going to meow for us? No? Okay. Um, he doesn't do anything on command, does he? Oh, there he is. He jumped up on the couch. Happy guy. I don't want to scratch your ass. Um, yeah, uh, that poor interpreter had to deal with me and how fast I talk. I'm sorry, Mr. Mister. Uh, there's that. Uh, if you hear any stupid sound effects, like, uh, there was one said, oh, what did it say? I'll put it back in, baby. I swear I wasn't watching porn. <laughs> I have these little shortcuts and... They just say silly things because I'm just a silly boys. And when I plug in my charger or, or I take it out. So when I took the charger out of it, it said, oh, put it back in, baby. And it's just, look, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just an idiot. Okay. So ignore that. Um, I'm going to try to get some of it out. But if I don't, that's what it is. Just so you know. Uh, and then there's another one that went off for... Uh, when I put the do not disturb on, because I put that on so I don't hear any calls or so no calls go through or no, because uh, Noah was trying to call me pizza. Uh, and so I had to end that call and whatever. So when I put the do not disturb on, it says uh, you are banned from the premises, which is is, is a, a reference of a guy that used to do uh, mobility training and stuff for where I work. And he got kicked out of the building for some, some stupid stuff, just kind of telling the employees that were visually impaired not to work there. And he called me once to meet up and he said, uh, he said, well, we need to meet at your house or somewhere else. And I said, why can't you just come here? And he said, well, because I am banned from the premises. So that's what that is. It, it's just a bunch of nonsense. So I realize I'm just an idiot. Um, but yeah, guys, that was fun. Um, yeah. Like I said, season two, we're just, we're, we're tackling everything. I don't care what disability you got. As long as you have a story and you're willing to tell it and, uh, be honest about it and all that. Um, 
birdies are in the background chirping. Uh, I believe I have a package I have to go to my mailbox that it's 88 degrees or whatever it is. So I have to get a walk in that to pick that up. I know, poor me. And uh, I got to call Noe. Um, yeah, guys, thank you for the support. Um, please subscribe and please share. Uh, it's super important. It gets out to people. The more people sub- subscribe and you comment and all that stuff helps to draw traffic to the podcast. Um, you know, like I said, I, I try my best to support these people and, and this isn't just for me. It's for them too. Um, like I said, it means a lot to me. And if, if you give a shit about me at all and, or you like this podcast, um, please just just do those things. I, I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for anything. Even if I get ads, like, you know, maybe I'll put some stuff out there. But overall, like, I could ask for money. I don't because I, I you know, it's not where I'm at. I'm, I, I do okay financially, and, and I just want to do something good in this world. Um, I've been really down and depressed lately and dealing with my demons, but I will never give up on these people. Um, and so I just need your help. And all I ask for is please just comment, subscribe, share with people that you know it can help or just whoever because one person, it, it can hit the hit one person differently. It could save their life. And it may hit a person out there in a way that they want to share it with a much bigger group of people and then they want to listen. And, and that's how you, you know, it's word of mouth. That's how things work. I know you all have things to do in your life. I know things, you know, not every everyone's going through their stuff. And, and like I said, if you can just, take a little time just to do those things i'm forever grateful uh, i love the support i appreciate every one of you guys and gals um and yeah i will see you on the next one okay take care guys and uh you know fight your demons and, and just keep winning all right guys see ya.